my name is Fiona Zeiger and you're listening to The Migration Podcast. In this episode, I talk to Melissa Siegel about the aspirations that drive people's decisions to live elsewhere. Through her research, Melissa debunks the idea that people migrate only to get away from poverty or conflict and that development in sending countries mitigates emigration. Thanks so much for having me on the podcast. I'm really excited for this new EMISCO initiative also. Well, my name is Melissa Siegel. I'm a professor of migration studies at Maastricht University and the United Nations University Merit. And my research really focuses on the linkages between migration and development, I would say more broadly, or as a sort of umbrella f and framework for the work that I do. But within that, I work on many different things, and my team also at UNU Merit works on a broad range of issues, looking at both the causes and consequences of migration with also a strong policy focus. How did you get into the kind of research projects that you currently do? Well, to be honest, very long ago, when I first started my career, I actually first started working on remittances. So really looking at the money that migrants generally send back to their home countries, to their families, to their households. And from there, I kind of moved almost backwards then into migration. So first studying the streams of money that they were sending and then actually looking more at the migration process. Um, and now I very much look at issues relating to why people migrate, how they migrate, how they make decisions, and then also how those decisions affect different types of outcomes. Was there anything that you discovered in your research projects that you found particularly interesting or surprising? Well, I do think that there are a number of things that maybe for migration researchers aren't surprising, but are things that are maybe not commonly understood by the general public. So when, you, when we think about how people make decisions around migration or whether or not to migrate, I think there are several other points that actually come up around that and several projects that we've done around those, around those issues. So one is really, you know, how does development affect migration decisions? making. And I think this is a point that's actually extremely misunderstood. It, you know, how development actually plays into how people make their decisions. And of course, there's this kind of background idea that the only reason that people are migrating is because they're poor or have some kind of very negative situation. Therefore, if countries just develop, then people will stop migrating. So that is you know, not among migration scholars, obviously, but sometimes amongst people within the development community or the general public, this is a common misunderstanding. And if that were the case, then someone like myself, who's an American living in the Netherlands, would have never migrated. If people only migrate, you know, because of poverty and persecution and war, then people would never move from the U.S. to the Netherlands. They would never move from the Netherlands to Germany. People wouldn't move those ways. So we can already see that this, this doesn't actually fit. And within this kind of relationship between migration and development, what we generally see in practice is what is called a migration hump. So it's this kind of inverted U-shaped curve around decision-making having to do with development. And people like Professor Heinde Haas and Michael Clements have spoken a lot 
on this topic, of course, others too. But the basic gist of it is that when countries are at very low levels of development, people don't have the aspirations, the information, the knowledge, and the ability and resources to actually leave their countries. So it's actually in the countries where you would see maybe the biggest gains from migration, least developed countries, where we see the lowest amounts of migration. So what does that mean? That means that people actually migrate for other reasons than just poverty or some kind of negative situation in their own countries. And that's also maybe where some more of the research comes in that we do at UNU Merit and Maastricht University. So we look at, for instance, both transit. So this might be more forced types of migration or migration from maybe not as great backgrounds. So we do a lot of work on that. But we actually look at highly skilled migrant decision making. So how do highly skilled people who have lots of options, who have lots of choices, decide to migrate and specifically where they're going to go? And these are people who can be very picky about how they migrate. Um, And this is, of course, where we start to see the so-called global race for talent where countries now are trying to put policies in place to attract these highly skilled, you know, so-called brains around the world. So what actually happens with migration and development is not necessarily that people, you know, stop migrating as they develop. It's more that we think about these people differently. So policy goes more from a perspective of, no, we don't want these people to absolutely, yes, we want these people and we're going to do everything we can to attract them. So when we look at highly skilled decision-making, this looks possibly a bit different than perhaps lower-skilled migration decision-making in that highly skilled migrants just have a lot more choices and they can be a lot more picky. So when they're thinking about countries where they want to go, they're thinking about amenities, they're thinking about parks, they're thinking about international schools for their children. So there are a number number of reasons why people migrate. And I think this is also one of the first very common misconceptions, right? So if you just think about why do people migrate, if you ask a person off the street, in most countries, they'll say, oh, for work or because they're poor or they're leaving war or violence or persecution. Of course, those things are all true, but it misses a whole nother very large population of people that also migrate. Additionally, Things that people often don't think about are, of course, like student mobility, student migration, also um, what we call lifestyle migration, you know, which is often done by younger people who just want to experience something different, maybe learn a new language, but it's really more about the experience of something new. And then there's, of course, retirement migration. So think about all of the people, for instance, from Northern Europe that often migrate to Southern Europe to, to places like Spain. For, for nicer weather in their retirement. And then a huge group that is often forgotten about also is family migrants. So people that have migrated with their family or a loved one, or also people that have migrated for reasons of love. You know, people um, meet each other all over the world, fall in love, and then decide to live together. So a large portion of the migrants that we see today are actually migrants related to what we call family reunification or family formation. So there are a lot of kinds of migration that are not kind of at the forefront of the general public's mind when thinking about uh, the reasons that people Mm -hmm. migrate. When we hear the term migrant, we think of the labor migrant 
that's probably the most immediate picture. So it's um, it's important, very interesting to also think of all these other border crossings, <laughs> but also internal migrations, right, of people around the world and the different motives and aspirations that uh, feed into this kind of uh, mobility. Now, I'm wondering if there is maybe some sort of a red thread or commonality that um, everyone shares in terms of why do people migrate, whether there is something you may have encountered that you think um, you find parallels or, or some commonality across a different project? Well, there are commonalities, of course. It's just sort of in which varying degrees. For instance, migrants are generally a bit younger um, in the working age population. So you usually see that most migrants are somewhere between 20, 20, and let's say 45. In general, also migrants are healthier than their native counterparts because one, they're already in this healthy age range, but also people wouldn't migrate in general um, if they're also not healthy. And we also see very clearly that when people are making migration decisions, this really depends on factors in the countries of origin and factors in the countries of destination. And that means that they're looking both at factors in the country of origin, factors that would make them stay, so things like family ties or taking care of family members or just their familiarity and comfort with an area versus what we would maybe call go factors. And those go factors are things like maybe not a very good labor market, um, possibly things around violence or danger, or maybe that they just don't have very good current opportunities um, where they're living. On the other side, in countries of destination, they're also looking at factors in countries of destination. So they're looking at factors that, for instance, could be what we call stay away factors. So is it difficult to get into that country? Is getting a visa problematic? Is that country known for being xenophobic or having high rates of discrimination? But we also have kind of factors that would become factors or factors that would make people want to go to that country, like an open, flexible, and thriving labor market, a liberal democratic values, good weather. <laughs> you know, there are a number of things that could be there. So all migrants in their decision-making are taking all these factors into account. So I do think there's some kind of common red thread among migrants when they're making their decisions and their kind of cost-benefit calculations. Yes, I thought um, it's very interesting you briefly mentioned also stay away factors because we all um, wonder a lot about why people migrate and why to certain places, but also we could also wonder why people would decide to stay put or not to go to certain places. That too is actually a very interesting question. Absolutely. And I mean, there, there's more and more research around this. And I think, again, while migration is a prevalent phenomenon and something that touches many lives, I think what we forget is that the majority of people in the world have a preference for staying. You know, they have a preference for staying in the area where they were born, where most of their family is, where they feel comfortable, where they speak the language. And we can't forget that it's actually only around three and a half percent of the world population that is actually an international migrant. And while this is prominent and has large reaching positive, especially positive effects, 
uh, we definitely can't forget that the majority of the people in the world say, and they are very strong stay factors. How would you say does your research help us understand human migration aspects of it more broadly? Well, I think on a, a couple of different levels, something that's very important in our research is that we very clearly prove that, it, that migration is not just about economic motives and it's not just about fleeing war or persecution and migrants are not only people leaving bad situations, which is this really kind of common misunderstanding in the general public. And in general with researchers, you know, maybe um, historically academics researchers aren't great about translating their research findings um, to the general public and to policy. I also think it's a great thing about this podcast that we have going on here. I've also recently launched a YouTube channel where I'm also trying to bring a lot of these points across. I think the work that is being done by our community of scholars can now more and more be translated into information that can reach the general public in the fora and media that they're used to consuming knowledge. So I think things like this podcast and others are really taking that right step to bring information to the general public. I wanted to speak to you about your YouTube channel. How do I find it? What's it called? And what exactly are you doing on your YouTube channel? Oh, yeah. Well, thanks for asking. <laughs> so my YouTube channel, you can find it on YouTube, of course, just under my name, Melissa Siegel. The whole purpose of this channel is to bring issues of migration to the general public. So try to break down the videos in quite short snippets on specific topics. So for instance, I have one on why people migrate and how they make their decisions. So if you're interested in what we've talked about today on this podcast, please also check out um, that YouTube video. But I go through different aspects of why people migrate, the effects that migration can have, also how policy is responsive to this or not. I'm soon also going to start a Corona series and also a series on different countries. So yeah, come check that out. Yeah, we will put the link in the description so everyone can find your channel. Is there anything else you would like to uh, mention that we haven't spoken about? Maybe if um, people are interested in some more research around this topic, um, myself and my team, as well as others have recently done a lot of work in a Horizon 2020 project called Reminder. And if you're really interested in migrant decision-making within this project, also we look not only at where are migrants going within the EU, but also how they're making those decisions and how these decisions vary on based on countries that migrants are coming from or where they're going, and also the reasons for their migration. Maybe finally also on that note, what I should have maybe said earlier is that when we think about why migrants migrate or how they make these decisions, it's always thought of as, as well, is it because of labor market reason? Is, is it because of study? Is it because of, you know, one reason? I think that's also a common misunderstanding among the general public, that the reasons why people migrate are, are varied and multiple and not just, you know, only one uh, specific reason or, or one uh, isolated reason. Melissa is Professor of Migration Studies at Maastricht University and at UNU Merit, the United Nations University Economic and Social Research Institute based in Maastricht. <music>